Well, I've got to go back to Lisa Sharamata. I mean, every one of her passes is gorgeous. Her arms are always in the right place in connection to the rest of her body. Every move, you could take a photo at any point, a still shot, and she's in the correct position. It's, she's phenomenal to watch. I love gymnasts like that. It's good to always point out if something has been presented unequally between men's and women's sports. Why do we need to assume that the audience cares more about somebody's major because of her gender, because of which sport she's competing in? Gymnastics should be taken absolutely as seriously as any other sport and should be presented in the same way as any other sport. Double back with Kenty Mac. Welcome to the newest gymnastics podcast, Double Back with Kenty Mack. Each week, I'll watch a meet and discuss it with a friend. This week, please welcome my friend, Eric. Hey, Kent. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. Just got off some foot surgery, but I'm laid up and it's a perfect weekend to watch gymnastics. How long are you on your feet? Six to eight weeks, which for me is very tough. We'll see how that goes down. <laughs> I promise to be good. I feel like a gymnast who had a big injury if I were a gymnast, which I'm not, but. I was going to say, Margzetta Frazier injured her foot on the uneven bars in her first meet. She's expected to be out for six to eight weeks as well. So you and she are on the same recovery (laughs) timeline. (laughs) My issue was that I was born with a metatars too long in my big toe. And I feel like if I were a Helen who and could just cling on to that beam with that extra long metatarsal that I, I actually would have been good with that big toe, but now there's a plate in it. So my career's over. Your career of oversplit scale on the beam at Missouri is, uh, that's right in the past. Well, just so the listeners know, Eric and I have been friends going on 20 years and we've been watching gymnastics together for seven or eight years, something like that. Oh, I think longer than that, actually, because, you know, I think the first meet I went to you with was at Rutgers. Oh, uh, okay. Was one of the Rutgers meets. So I was still in the city then. Then, of course, when I came to the Midwest, you know, I thought of us because this meet we're going to talk about today was at Memorial Coliseum, which we've been to together. Yes. In Lexington. So I feel like we've been to a few places. The elevated event in, in Toledo. We've been to Michigan. I believe we've been to OSU as well, haven't we? Yes. And Cancun, we randomly walked down the beach and went to that Cancun meat starter for whatever season that was, which was really fun. That's the one I was thinking of. I thought that was yeah. actually our first meet. So thank you for reminding me of Rutgers. Cancun, yeah. I believe was in 2016. And in okay. one of the meets this weekend, Olivia Karras was commentating and she mentioned that that was her freshman year. So that was... Michigan for sure was at that meet. Definitely Michigan. Oh, because I was wearing that army gymnastics shirt that I picked up at West Point because we've been to West Point too. And one of the parents, there was a brother sister team. Yes. So Riley Casanova was on the Michigan team at that time. And her parents came over and picked you out of the crowd because of your army shirt. Right. And her brother their son, Cole Casanova, was on the army team at that time. 
I love that. That's so funny. As if I, <laughs> I just purchased the t-shirt as a fan, certainly not as an actual journalist. Funny though. Or an actual army person. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so this weekend we watched Missouri at Kentucky. Coming into the meet, these two were ranked very closely. Number 10, Missouri versus number 12, Kentucky. Despite the fact that Kentucky is generally higher ranked than Missouri, they were very, very close. And Missouri was actually ahead. So what were your thoughts going into the meet? My thoughts going into the meet with, that, with the, these two close rankings is that, and I believe that Missouri was started the season ranked much lower. I, I mean, obviously this crew of freshmen they've got are just powering them into the top 10, which is sort of astounding. And I think unusual for an NCAA team. What do they have? Six freshmen or something? One's a red shirt. I think Kyra's a red shirt, but I, they just have a ton of freshmen that are moving them to the top, which I think is an amazing story. I think that was absolutely one of the stories of the meet is these fantastic, talented, accomplished Missouri freshmen who are already making a huge difference. One of the commentators said, looking to be a superstar by the end of this season, you know, Jocelyn Moore in particular, she was a standout for me in this meet. You know me well enough to know that I love the artistry of something perhaps more than the, you know, technical accomplishments. Missouri also has Alyssa Sharametta, who is as a senior is just such a delight to watch. She takes it outside of your usual steps. She has unusual finishes to her routines. She has incredible grace. You know, that's another standout for me on the Missouri team. Totally agree. I had not gotten to see very much of Missouri yet. And mm -hmm. of course I was looking forward to these dynamic freshmen, but Alisa Sharameda, especially on the beam and the bars, oh, she's just fantastic to watch. Yes. Yes. And then of course on the Kentucky team, she'll probably be gymnast again this week, Raina Worley. I don't think she had lower than a nine, nine. Nine, nine on the beam was her lowest all the way up to nine, nine, seven, five on the floor. I mean, that's unbelievable. She's she got the full complement of scores that weren't a 10. So she got a <laughs> nine, nine on beam, nine, nine, two, five on vault, nine, nine, five on bars. 9975 on floor, and she's I mean, a joy to watch. Oh, sure. Absolutely. She's athletic. She has grace. You know, she's got the full package. She sure does. Knowing how much you do appreciate the artistry, I wondered if you took note of Callie Nixon, either on the <laughs> vault or the bars, because she's got those long lines, graceful swing. She looks graceful doing her vault, too. Oh, absolutely. And by the same token, another graceful vaulter on Kentucky, Ariana Patterson. It's the only event she does there, I believe. But she followed up Callie. Both of them had incredible routines. And yeah, Callie's a thrill to watch. Oh, just beautiful to watch her. She looks tall and has those long legs and it just makes her vault look so spectacular. Yeah. So that's where we started in rotation one, Kentucky on the vault. They had four 10-0 start values. So they had three of those pike front halves worked in throughout the rotation, which that's them apart from a lot of other teams that don't have these pike front half vaults. Mm -hmm. And of course, Ariana Patterson's was by far the most spectacular. You have no concerns that she's going to nail that. 
there was a tiny scoot back, but it was sky high, totally controlled. She got a nine, nine, which I thought was very well deserved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is that the only event she does? Yes. Okay. So she's a vault specialist. That's right. Well, there's a reason she's great at it. <laughs> the overall thing I would say about Kentucky throughout this meet stuck landings, Tim Garrison, their coach had talked about it with the commentators. Uh, and I think they came through. They had an amazing amount of stuck landings on every one of their events. I was afraid that Missouri wasn't going to be able to match them stick for stick because they were so sticky on that vault. Mm -hmm. Although I have to say Missouri also did a pretty awesome job on the vault, but you're right. Kentucky led off with freshman Jillian Perkaski stick. Second up was Mackenzie Wilson with the hike front half, little scoot, and then Isabella Magnelli, who they announced was from Suffern, New York, which is just an hour from here. So I was cheering for the hometown New York gymnast there. Another pike front half. And then it just set up those three at the end who are absolutely spectacular. Wrapping it up with Raina Worley, her one and a half. This one wasn't a stuck one, a tiny scoot forward, but those three were just magnificent. Yeah, I agree with you. And is Raina the only one who does a Yurchenko one and a half on Kentucky? Yes. Yes. So they have two Yurchenko fulls, three of the pike front halves, and then Raina with that one and a half at the end. And are the others... Outside the year, type of one and a half. Are those all below the 10 point starting value? The Yurchenko full is the 995, but the Pike front half and the Yurchenko one and a half are all rated 10.0. Oh, they're all 10s as well. Oh. So that's what I thought was pretty significant about Kentucky having those three Pike front halves. That's the road less traveled. There's not a lot of teams that are focusing on getting additional of those Pike front halves. And they've got three of them and they all look pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. Meantime, Missouri started over up on the bars. Amaya Marshall led off. I had my eyes especially open for her because she's on my fantasy gymnastics team. I was going to ask you which of the players today you might have had on you. <laughs> Amaya's one. So Amaya's one. She led off with a huge Jaeger. I thought her final handstand before her dismount was very nice. And again, a huge dismount. It flew up over the bar. I think John Roethlisberger said it went out of frame, couldn't see the dismount. She did have a step with a little bit of form in the routine and that step. I thought 9825 was a little high for starting out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I thought this is going to be a high scoring meet. Welcome to the SEC. Right. I found for the most part the scoring very fair. You and I have been to meets where we've been scratching our head, like, what? Where, what did they see we didn't see? But I think overall, from what I saw, it was consistent judging throughout. But you're right. It started high with her. Once we went into rotation two and we saw the way they were then scoring the opposite team on the same events, I did feel like the judging was staying pretty consistent. Yeah. Sienna Schreiber is another one of the Missouri athletes who's on my fantasy gymnastics team. I had never seen her do the bars either. So I was interested to see her go. She almost overshot that first handstand, arched a little bit, but then final handstand I thought was good. Her double layout, she lost a little bit of form there and took a hop, another solid routine for them. She scored a 9-8 in the second spot. Whatever the stakes are, she just jumps on and does it. She's, she's ready to go. And she's a joy to watch. And 
one of the two all-arounders in this meet, I think. She was just yeah. being Reina. That's right. You're lucky to have her then because she could score an all year. She's going to be consistent throughout for you, but she's fun to watch. And then the back half of that Missouri bars lineup was really about the beauty of Elisa Sharameda and then the two outstanding freshmen, Jocelyn Moore and Amari Celestine. Mm. Amari did have the big fall. That's right. On this particular one. So, it, you know, she started the meet off in a troubled spot. She didn't let it get to her through the rest of the meet, though. I'll tell you that. Not even through the rest of that routine. She jumped right back on. She also has an unusual finish. Now, I don't know the names, but what did she do? So she was doing her Van Laven from low to high where she does the half turn. And that's where she peeled off and landed on her back. I was very concerned about that yeah. landing, but she landed exactly how they teach you in gymnastics, right? <laughs> she was totally safe. Yes. Then she remounted and her dismount, she does a stalder where she splits her legs and goes around the bar. And then a stalder pike front half was her dismount. Totally different from what everybody else was doing. And it was a big, wow. I thought it was stuck and interesting and really well done. Yeah, I agree. When you see someone like an Alyssa Sharameta or Amari Celestine do these unusual moves, it's really thrilling and striking to watch. And they really stand out from it. And even though she fell, she got right back up and had a very clean finish. I never saw what her score was because they always cut away to commercial, but I'm sure they dropped it. What did yeah, score end up? That's right. Everyone else on the, on the team had scored over 9.8. So yeah. they were able to drop her 9.225. They mentioned that Missouri had not had a fall all season. So this is Missouri's third competition, and that's their only fall that they've had so far. Clearly, that's one reason that they're so high in the standings. They've really been hitting right out of the gate. Before we move away from this particular rotation, I do want to point out the maturity of the freshman Jocelyn Moore. You just don't see that that often. She just seems confident. It's really a joy to watch. She's powerful too. She gets lots of height on all of her skills. Her Takacha was huge flying over the bar. She does a full end just from a cast, no wind up giants. It was huge. A little scoot. She had a little bit of form, things that she can clean up. But in terms of the overall dynamics of the routine, she's very exciting to watch. And yeah. wait till we get to floor with Jocelyn. <laughs> And just to point out, we're both so fond of Elisa Sharameda and her bars routine. A huge Jaeger. And then her dismount, she does the half turn, so she's facing in. And then the Rudy, which is the layout with one and a half twist, totally stuck it. She simply saluted the judges without moving her feet at all, which is very impressive. But I think that there should be a small deduction for the fact that she did not click her heels together. Beautiful routine. She got a 9825 on that. Mm -hmm. I'm always just looking at form. And I don't understand the connecting bonus points. What was connected in it? And do you get a bonus for? You probably noticed that some of the release moves, they would do their big release move on the high bar and then immediately shoot over to the low bar. Mm -hmm. So that's considered two releases connected. Or when Elisa Sharameda, for instance, did her half turn on the high bar directly into her Rudy dismount, that's connecting that giant half into the Rudy. So you get 
maybe it's a 10th of a point bonus. Maybe it's two, depending the difficulty of the skills that you've connected, but you need a certain amount of connection in the routine to get your full 10 start value. I see. Okay. Got it. And we'll talk on beam. There were a few unconnected skills that I thought was a little bit of squirrely routine composition. So I'll point that out when we get there. Okay. From rotation one, they mentioned there were four career highs on vault and three career highs on bars in that rotation alone. So both teams were on only counting hits, starting out looking like a great meet. They were 49.4 was what Kentucky had after vault. 49.15 is where Missouri started on uneven bars. So they were just two and a half tenths apart from the get-go. Moving over to Missouri on vault. This was a pretty fun lineup. Who are your highlights from Missouri on the vault? Well, I'm coming back to Jocelyn Moore. Yeah, that, that one and a half she did was clean, crisp, strong. Her run down is so, it, it's determined, it's focused, and it, it was a lovely vault. She was my standout there from Missouri. It seemed like her twist was very fast. She exploded off that vault and twisted very quickly, kept her body in a very open position. Mm -hmm. I was very impressed with her, as well as Amari Celestine. Had another huge 1.5. Also seemed very quick off the horse. She landed very upright. She just took a tiny step. Both of those vaults I thought were really terrific. Jocelyn Moore got a 9875. And Amari Celestine got a 9.9. Amari flew so high on hers. I mean, talk about going out of camera frame. I mean, she really got high on it. It was nice to see a real spring come off of it. Because that's what I think should be a part of the vault. It's this great height. Amari certainly has that. That's right. Missouri's lineup is a bit more traditional. They started with three Yurchenko fulls, which is the 9.95 start value. And then wrapped up with three Yurchenko one and a halfs, which is the 10 of a start value. They started with a stick from Sydney Schaefer on her Yurchenko full. The vaults just got bigger and bigger as we went through the lineup. And you could yeah. then really tell the height and the distance when some of these vaulters could just really explode and show that, that huge dynamics. Now, I do have a question for you. A strong freshman lineup. They finished with Grace Ann Davis. What was the coaching strategy there? She had a huge step out when she came out of it. Is this just a way that the coach is playing with the lineup or what's going on here? My guess on this, because they released the lineups before the meet started and she was not listed as being in that final spot. So that was a coaching decision that they made after warmups. Mm. And she does the one and a half. I think the their strategy was, let's see if the first five hit good scores so that we know we have a good team score. Then we can take the risk on having Grace Ann do her bigger vault. I think if someone had missed or had a low score, they probably would have had Grace Ann just do the Yurchenko full. But since they had five solid scores, they let her go for that one and a half. It's big and dynamic. And when she gets it under control, she's going to get a great score too. This was a huge lunge forward that was uncontrolled. So the, what you and I would call the last minute switcheroo. The last minute switcheroo. Yes. <laughs> on the Missouri uh, vault lineup. And do those, they come for any reason? 
I've heard in other meets where they've talked about, they'd watch the warmups and the coach didn't like the way a field was going for a player and warm up. And we do a last minute switcheroo. Obviously they don't have to announce why. Sometimes it's an injury, but it was interesting. I took note of it. They there were a couple of changes in the lineups from the, the announced lineups. In this particular case, they were trying to get that extra 10-0 start value vault into the lineup. And this was a safe way to give her a chance to do it since they knew the, the team score was already pretty good. Right. Missouri ended on vault with a 49.05, which is down from what Kentucky racked up on the vault, but very solid to get over that 49, especially in the third meet of the season. Missouri is on a good path. We've already talked a little bit about some of our standouts on bars, but I thought Callie Nixon was one of the huge standouts. She just has that grace and that line. I thought she hit her handstands very well and mm -hmm. stuck that full end dismount. <laughs> yes, she really did. It's so lovely. The bars give you an opportunity to see someone's beautiful line, her pointed toes, the legs. It's really thrilling to see the technique, especially when you see it from the side view and they show you. It really gives you the true artistry of what uh, a great gymnast has. And Callie Nixon with her 9-9 really had a phenomenal routine there. The cameraman had figured it out too, because they pulled back <laughs> so you could see how high she got. It was spectacular. I have to say overall, the Kentucky work on the bars was great. I know you drop one of the scores, but they were hard pressed to find one to drop. I guess you're nine, eight, two, five, really amazing scores. They're just solid. Every one of them's duck landings. That's right. Sticking those and thrilling to watch. Josie Angeny had an issue on her bars routine last week. She had cast up into one of those handstands and went way over in an arch and had to sort of save it. So I was watching that in particular this week to see if she was able to correct that error. And she had a great set. She got a 9.85. I thought she was maybe a little shy on her handstands. She was probably making sure she didn't go over. Did that Jaeger overshoot. So the two connected release moves. And then a very pretty double layout with a nice arch, totally stuck. That was mm. a very clear stick. Yeah. Beautiful. And then of course they finished it up with, you know, Raina's 9.95. It was so beautiful. It was just a beautiful routine. And yeah, I that, think... a full twist, double tuck landing she did. I mean, really? Wow. Wow. She delays that twist a little bit. She flips up in the air and then cracks that twist. It's definitive. And I think of Raina as a very strong and powerful gymnast. I, I think about her vault and her floor. But watching this bars routine, her form is so good. She's got great technique, ideal looking handstands. She deserved every bit of that 995. She did in that stuck landing. They threw that feather boa on her so fast. She wrapped around it. It was lovely to see. The wrap up for me for rotation two, that unfortunately with that large lunge that Grace Ann Davis had on her vault and a lower score from Amaya Marshall on the vault, Missouri had to count one of those nine, six, seven, fives. That really helped Kentucky grow their lead. They're now in the lead by 0.625. During the rotation break, they did a quick interview with Raina Worley that I thought was so charming. They asked what superpower would she rather have to be invisible or to be able to fly? And her answer was, 
I already have the ability to fly, so I'll choose invisible. And I thought that was <laughs> a flex. And well, I was here for it. Flex. Yeah, that was very, very charming. <laughs> I looked back at the score at that point and I realized she had also won the first two events. So dominating the meet through the first two. I think they also said they were career highs for her, those two scores on those mm -hmm. events. So no issues there. Moving to the third rotation, Shaylin Luxick led off on the balance beam for Kentucky. And she got a 9875. So that started Kentucky exactly on the right note. I had some questions about her composition. She started with that Anodi. That's where you do the half turn into walkover. And it was not connected to anything, but that is a lovely skill and she performs it very well. So that can be her bonus D. She does a backhand spring layout. She does that gainer pike off the end of the, the beam, which is very nerve wracking and exciting to watch. <laughs> I didn't think she had a full 180 split in some of her leaps. And then toward the end, she had an unconnected beat jump, just a very simple jump that she didn't connect to anything. So maybe she left something out or there's normally something else that goes there. I wasn't sure about this beam composition and that's what made me feel like nine, eight, seven, five might've been a little bit high to start out with that routine. You know me, I'm just looking for the grace and that, as you know, beam is my favorite event. Absolutely. The idea of trying to do any of these skills on that four inch, the beam without cracking your head open is so thrilling to me. And it just has this incredible tension when you do it with grace and beauty, it is the most breathtaking event in the women's, uh, gymnastics. Who were your standouts from Kentucky on the balance beam? Raina wrapped it up thrillingly. And Isabella Magnelli also had a lovely grace. Her acrobatic series, when they do three in a row on the beam, she still had room to spare. She nailed it and she stuck her landing beautifully. I thought she was a standout for me as well. Kentucky had three athletes that did the back handspring layout, layout. Mm -hmm. That's more than is required. And it's very impressive when they can do all three of them connected like that. And especially so that they have three athletes doing that. I agree with yeah. you. She showed mastery of that. Just a tiny little waver at the end and a foot came up, but her split positions, when she would do her leaps and jumps, yeah. she was absolutely in full over split, really impressive from her. I agree. I agree. The freshman Jillian Prokoski did her first ever beam routine and unfortunately had a fall. And as soon as I saw that Reyna was up next, I thought that's exactly who you want up after a fall. <laughs> if anyone could pull it back together, it's Reyna. Oh, a steam engine of confidence. Just wipe it clean and step up and do what you do best. And boy, does she do that really well. She did that one and a half dismount. She had just the tiniest little hop. But she was so solid on the beam that if the one deduction is coming off on that hop, it's sort of miraculous, personally. But. Josie Angeny wrapped it up and I thought her backhand spring layout, layout, her legs are so straight, so extended. Unfortunately, she had a big wobble where she had to bend over at her hips at the end of the series. That's what kept this Kentucky beam score from being really a monster score. She got a 9.775 because of that big break. They ended with a 
Meantime, the ray of sunshine freshmen from Missouri were over on the floor, tumbling their hearts out. <laughs> Who stood out to you on the floor? Well, I've got to go back to Elisa Sharamata. I mean, every one of her passes is gorgeous. Her arms are always in the right place in connection to the rest of her body. Every move, you could take a photo at any point, a still shot, and she's in the correct position. It's, she's phenomenal to watch. I love gymnasts like that. Just really stunning. And then, of course, the energetic Jocelyn Moore, just nailed. She did just the two passes, but that's all she needed because each one was packed with, with so much and they were, she nailed both of them. And just the thrill and joy with which she can pull off her floor routine is, is so beautiful. Those were my two standouts. I know Amari also did beautifully to wrap it all up, but it's almost like they had such strong performance before then, for the most part, that it was just added whipped cream on top of the whole thing. I, I totally agree with you on Jocelyn Moore. She lights up the arena. She can move when it's time to do her dance. She is totally able to exude that energy and excitement in her body. Double layout mount with a two foot stick, no movement at all. Her dance series, she does a triple dance series, including two huge popas. That's where you do the full twist and then the side straddle split. They were so high up off the ground. Her dance is a wow. Her tumbling is a wow. She ended with the front through the double tuck. And again, a two foot stick, no movement at all. I think she already is a superstar. She's fantastic. Mm -hmm. 9925 for Jocelyn. I mean, and so well deserves. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more on Elisa Sheremetta's. Her middle pass is that Rudy to lay out, step out. And then her final pass is the one and a half to front layout step out where she splits her legs and then lands. It's so pretty. And she does a backspin on the floor in the middle of the routine as well. So five gold stars to Elisa Sheremana. Yeah. And both of those competitors, what's interesting, and you know that I don't like a lot of the dance moves. They seem like they're filling out music to get to the next tumbling pass in a lot of cases. A lot of gymnasts are very successful doing those connecting things. Both of these competitors definitely are. And it's thrilling to see each bit of that build out. So I always love seeing that. Amari Celestine was able to go up after that 9925 and got a 99 of her own. Started with a huge tucked full in. What I thought was most impressive is her third tumbling pass. She did a double tuck that just popped straight up off the floor. She had just as much energy at the end as she had at the beginning. And I thought that was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I was also happy to see Alona Kratzer in the second position. She's a former elite who we've seen compete at the U.S. championships and all of the competitions leading up to the Olympics last year. And never looked totally comfortable competing on the floor. Now that she's in college, she's very expressive. She looked like she was having fun. She looked comfortable. Her tumbling was well controlled and a nice celebration at the end. She looked like she was so joyful to have hit a, a great set there. Both teams had good quality routines, good quality skills, nice gymnastics. 
the split was still 0.625 after the third rotation. Kentucky just seemed overall to have it a little bit more together. The form was a little bit more together. The landings were a little bit more together. And that's why they were leading this contest. It's nothing that Missouri can't continue to clean up as they move throughout the, the season. So moving into the final rotation, Missouri went over to the beam and Kentucky over to the floor. Who were your standouts from Missouri on the beam? Sienna Schreiber, Elisa Sharamata, and of course, the return of Helen Hu. That's the epitome of grace right there. The stillness, you know, there's so much movement that when a gymnast has the control and the balance and the athleticism to bring the stillness to a routine, that's Helen Hu right there. I mean, unbelievable routine to watch. I was a little upset they cut to her after she had already done her mount. So we didn't, yeah, we didn't see, see that the very first part of her routine, but that leg up turn that she does. And there was a turning leap where she did a three quarters leap and landed sideways on the beam and couldn't have done it any better. For me, it, the moment of her routine was that the front aerial that went into the arabesque. Yes. Just, she took her time with it so you could see just how much skill she has and the control. Oh, it's thrilling. Mm -hmm. It gives me shivers. She had gotten injured last year and missed the whole season. So it's now, very I, exciting to have her back. I do have a question about Helen. Do they unleash her on any of the other events? Is this her specialty? Is she an all-arounder? My guess is that in her recovery, they obviously focus on getting her back on beam first. And right. I think we'll hope to see her in some more events as we go. Right. Uh, she's thrilling to watch. She sure is. But I have to go back to Elisa. <laughs> I know I keep coming back to her, but the solidity of being a senior and being competitions for a while now, she has such confidence and is willing to go outside just the, the usual, this move, that move, you know, getting her numbers in for the judges. Every one of her dismounts, not only was she sticking them, they're unusual. Her dismount from the beam is she's going forward. She's tumbling back and she's twisting at the same time. It looked like a very unusual and difficult dismount for me. You're right. It's that gainer back full tucked where she's running towards the end of the beam and then she leaps up and does the back flip with the full twist. Totally stuck it. It looks like it defies gravity. There aren't a lot of gymnasts doing this dismount. It's so beautiful to watch. As soon as I saw her mount with that sideward roll on the beam <laughs> and then do those really extended leaps, I just made a note. The back half of this Missouri beam lineup is good because mm -hmm. you've got Sharameda and then Schreiber and then bringing it home with Helen who mm -hmm. you couldn't ask for a better back half than that. No. And besides the artful playfulness of Sienna Schreiber, when it came to doing her three moves on the beam, flawless, boom, 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 grace, skill, nailed it. That's right. She also does that back handspring, layout, step out, layout, step out, legs totally extended, very pretty high finish on that. They put a graphic on the screen before she went on the beam. She had gotten, everything was between 9.8 and 9.85 for the first three rotations. 
And yet she was still trailing Raina Worley by three tenths of a point. <laughs> In any other meet, she'd win the all around. That's right. Raina outscored her by a tenth of a point on every single rotation. And she had a great meet going. That speaks volumes about what was going on at this meet. The, the competition level was just so high that even these minor little movements were bringing people down in, in any other situation. They'd be complete runaway winners. Missouri's beam scored a 49.4, which is a huge beam score. And they outpaced Kentucky on this one by 1.125. So they won beam in this competition with this stacked lineup. Mm -hmm. So then over to floor, again, we had a lineup change and they mentioned Anna Higgis, who normally competes on beam and floor was pulled from this meet. So I'm not sure if she is dealing with an injury or maybe an illness, maybe something happened in the warmups. I think we'll probably hear more as we go, but Caitlin de Guzman went in for her on floor and did her first floor routine. I thought she did an extremely good job. She has very precise jumps. She's got that pretty toe point that was very enjoyable to see on the uneven bar. She brought that over to the floor exercise. I thought her landings were pretty well controlled. Her Rudy was her final tumbling pass and I thought it was slightly awkward, but stuck. She got a nine, seven, seven, five for that routine. I thought she did a really nice job, especially subbing in at the last minute like that. Her dance moves had grace to them. Yes. You know, a lot of them are just filling time. Hers weren't. She brought grace to them. They connected. They also mentioned that Ashlyn LeClaire, it was her very first time competing on any event as a junior. So that's very exciting to know that someone's come to Kentucky, they've been training, they've been cheering on their teammates for three years, and now they finally get to make their debut in the lineup. She did a big double pike at the beginning that was very pretty. She had a little trouble controlling the landing on that. She did the front layout front full for her middle pass and then slightly out of control there too. Her landings, I'm sure if she gets more chime in the lineup, she'll continue cleaning those up, but it was very satisfying to see someone who's been working in the background and hoping for their chance. She started them out with a lovely 9.75. My standouts were our final two for Kentucky here are Haley Davis and of course, Raina Worley just, <laughs> you know, brought it home. But Haley Davis, that double tough final pass she did was, I mean, perfect. Just so well stubborn. Shame on me. I guess I haven't been watching enough Kentucky meets. As soon as I saw her tumbling, she really earned the right to be fifth in Kentucky's extremely talented floor lineup because she had big, beautiful leaps, gorgeous tumbling that was so well controlled. And like you said, that double tuck just puts the exclamation point on the end of the routine. They said she needed a 9.625 to win the meet. She scored a 9-9, nine, nine, which then meant Raina could just go out and have a celebration. Well, it's kind of interesting from a broadcast standpoint. I found that two of the routines that I was looking forward to, the return of Helen Yu and Raina Worley, the competition was already decided by the time we saw them on the screen. So it gave, at least to me, the viewer like, oh, now we can just watch the artistry of it. And both of them brought incredible artistry and athleticism 
to their final routines. Raina started with that huge tucked full in, absolutely stuck with a controlled lunge, held that middle pass, the front full, the front layout, just really held it to show I've got this totally under control. And then two foot stuck her double tuck. John Roethlisberger said, it'd be really great if they could score a 197. And then I looked over at the scores and they had already gotten a 197 at that point. The, the lineup had been so strong. They were already there. But she just showed it off in this one. He did. 9975, if I'm correct. Yes. These are two SEC teams ranked pretty closely. They're both currently in the bottom half of the SEC. So at the SEC championship, the eight SEC teams are split into the four lower ranked compete in the afternoon and the four higher ranked compete in the evening. So these two teams would both love to continue improving throughout the season and move up so they compete in the evening session. I thought Kentucky looks absolutely capable of that. I think if they just keep cleaning up the small things, this is a team that can absolutely continue scoring mid to high 197s. They ended the, the meet with 197.45. Missouri had 196.875. Unfortunately, there were just a few low scores from Missouri that pulled that down. But Kentucky has room to improve, and they can keep pushing those 197s higher and higher throughout the season. Oh, I definitely think there's room for improvement. When you have an anchor like Raina Worley, who's getting career-high scores, and then just a huge depth chart of talent ready to step in. I mean, we saw a couple of lineup changes that given a little more time, those could just be regulars. So you have a, a depth chart of regulars just waiting to go in. Something should come up. I, I agree with you. I think they have room to move on into the evening session, as you would say. For Missouri, the story of the meet was this freshman class. They are just unbridled talent and excitement. A few places where they need to clean up the form, improve the landings, but there's limitless potential from this Missouri team. I thought they were very exciting to see. And it wasn't just the power, right? As you pointed out, Sienna Schreiber and Elisa Sharameda also bring the, the grace and the beauty and the, the body positions and the leaps in the experience with the pressure of these meets, I imagine as a freshman, I, you know. You're not used to the crowds, the pace, the television tempo. You have to do this, 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 and it shows their experience. Who would be your breakout star from each team for this meet? Well, I'm going to go Elisa Sharonetta for Missouri. Thrilling on everything she did. Just thrilling to watch. And then obviously Raina Worley. I mean, isn't she going to win again? got to be FCC Gymnast of the Week again. Sure. And wouldn't it be three times in a row? The only thing that might stand in her way is that Olympic champion Suni Lee went in the all-around this weekend for the first time, and she got a 39.7. So Raina got a 39.75, which is higher, but having won it already two weeks in a row, and then they saved that gymnast of the week for an all-arounder. So I think with Suni's all-around debut this weekend, we'll see where they go with this award. Right. <laughs> While there were many other lovely performances to watch, Reyna just consistently event after event brought it home and anchored the whole team. So it's, 
it's hard to ignore that. The other ones I'll point out as some of my favorites to watch for Missouri, Jocelyn Moore, just to see the talent and the power that she has. She's a very exciting competitor and I look forward to seeing her continue to grow and, and compete in college for her four years. And then it's always fun to watch Callie Nixon. She does the vault and the bars for Kentucky extension, exactly how you want to see it. Open hip angle, the way she flew up out of the sky on that uneven bars dismount. She's a winner for me. Were there any other freshmen that jumped out to you? There's definitely Amari Celestine. While she fell on the bars, you know, you fall in your career, especially as a freshman. They have another depth chart. I mean, I can't imagine in the next few years what that freshman class is going to be powering through to an evening session. That's for sure. <laughs> so no, Amari is thrilling to watch. And although not a freshman, Sienna Shriver is just a joy to watch because she brings so much lightness and fun to it. Like she's not letting the pressure get to her. She's up there doing it. She puts the work in at the gym and when it's time to perform, she makes you enjoy it and she enjoys it. So that's lovely. She had the two little sort of Minnie Mouse buns in her hair. <laughs> she looks like she would be fun to hang out with. She doesn't seem like she takes it at all too seriously. And I think that's the right approach for Sienna Shriver. She's, she's doing her thing. Yeah. She's found her, her mojo that gets her through it. Love it. So how about the commentators, John Roethlisberger and Alicia Sacramone Quinn? Here's my complaint about gymnastics coverage. I don't always know why they need the man in the room. I mean, John wants to make it a competition. And you and I both know that it becomes these point totals at the end that do your ranking. And he will ignore a routine going on to throw stats at us that make it a game that it's not that game. Gymnastics, when you brought me into gymnastics to watch it, I'll never forget the first time we went to a meet, but it was the Rutgers meet. And I was like, oh my God, there is so much going on. I follow a lot of different sports. You know, usually you're following a ball or a player, one single thing. In the gymnastics meet, you're following so many things. There's a lot going on at one meet. Now, television coverage separates that. So you do get to focus on one event at a time. But John still wants to make it a competition. Whatever Helen who's doing on the beam isn't really affecting whatever Raina Worley's doing over on the floor. And yet he wants to make it this was just scored. That was just scored. I think that needs to be removed from these broadcasts. And I think the men bring it. I hate to say it. I know they often have the women, in this case, Alicia Quinn, who I know her husband from his NFL career. And also he does the big noon kickoff for college football on Fox, you know, because they come from a commentating family. And I prefer in gymnastics not to make it this one-on-one -on -one competition, because ultimately I think it's not, it's a team event and their rankings are cumulative. So in the moment, I don't like this pressure to make it this person against that person or this fourth competitor against that fourth competitor on the other thing. It's not that kind of an event for me, but that's a complaint I have about that. John seems particularly eager to throw the scores at us and make it seem like there's drama happening. And maybe that's what the t television coverage wants. I really appreciate that observation. Um, I think there have been a lot of complaints about many of these meets feel like they have to do the former gymnast woman, some sports person, man, 
where he'll shout stats at you and talk about who needs what to win. And she'll actually explain the gymnastics and what's going on. It is refreshing when you get to see a broadcast that doesn't stick to that formula. And maybe there's just one commentator who's helping you understand the sport a little bit better. He's better than some of the sports guys that do this, but I agree the because right now it is not a win-loss record sport. It is a ranking based on scores. You have to find a better way to explain to the viewer what's really on the line here. If they had talked a little bit more about the kind of event scores that they needed to rank in the top 10 or to rank in the top half of the SEC, that might've actually given a viewer a more clear picture of what was on the line for these two teams. I'll also say that the SEC network does a very fine job in terms of camera angles, showing the competitors from both teams, giving you some background and explanation. Some of the broadcasts look like they parked a camera away in the back and just kind of let it run. I think gymnastics deserves very high quality productions and commentators and it's improving. And I think what you point out is good for gymnastics fans to keep pointing out. We want more of this and we don't need to hear any more of this. So thank you so much for those clear observations. Sure. I have one other, you know, how you and I are about billing in every way, whether it's for a Broadway show or whether it's for a cereal box, what the actual label says. I find it interesting. You know, I watch a lot of sports, some college, every time they brought up for the first time, a competitor, they had to put her major. They don't do that for men. When you're watching NCAA basketball, we're not here saying, you know, that they're a kinesiology major, why are they doing it for the woman? I'm just saying, is it sexist or is it something that their fan base is more interested in knowing the whole person, not just the gymnast? All I will say in other sports, college sports, especially they're just flashing up their statistics and all the other, you know, things I found it interesting in this broadcast. Many interceptions the quarterback has thrown. You don't hear about that. He's majoring in. Hewlett performs all statistics. Yeah, correct. You're watching college footballs and you're sometimes will be like, oh, is this pro football? Like there's nothing to ground to the college except for usually the size of the stadium. But I found it interesting this. I don't know whether it's a women's sport. Do they, I don't follow women's NCAA basketball. I don't know if they do it for the women there, but I just, you know, wondered why that is something they add to their billing. And yet I think the crowd likes it. I think it's good to point it out. And I think it's good to always point out if something has been presented unequally between men's and women's sports, why do we need to assume that the audience cares more about somebody's major because of her gender, because of which sport she's competing in? Gymnastics should be taken absolutely as seriously as any other sport and should be presented in the same way as any other sport. It'd be exciting to see a consistency chart of Throughout the last three seasons, this person has X percentage hit rate on the vault, or this person's done her 10-0 vault X number of times, and now she's going for it again. Something a bit more sports-driven would be pretty exciting to see in a gymnastics meet. To their credit, they do put their average on that particular event down on the box below it. Um, you know, you and I noticed billing, and I, it's one of the first things I noticed. I was like, oh, macroeconomics major. Like, well, that's... 
takes you out of the arena in a way that other sports don't. Sports. That's right. It, and to your point, it doesn't set you up for what you're about to see. No. If it told you her big release in this routine is a Takacha or her dismount is a double layout, that would it set you up and give you some anticipation for watching for that skill. Or if it said, watch for Helen Hu's beautiful scale position, you, you could watch for that. Telling you that she's studying macroeconomics does not keep a new fan in the game. Would you consider watching another meet with me down the line and, and coming back on the show? Of course. I do want to say one thing. I enjoy sports and I didn't follow gymnastics until I met you and you definitely brought me into it. I don't know a lot of the names of the actual moves at all or the names of the competitors, but you definitely know my taste. I love the grace and the artistry over the technical almost every time. But when you see it wrapped in a package together, it's, it's thrilling. One other note that I had on the stadium in Kentucky, we've been there and seen a meet together in person. I think it was Florida at Kentucky several years ago that we got to see in that building. Watching the broadcast yesterday, it looks like they've put the balance beam over in the corner next to a cinder block wall. And I thought there've got to be a better place to put that balance beam so that you aren't just staring at a wall the whole time. Oh, I agree. Not just a wall. I believe it was an exit door because there was a screen over the one door where there was a man just standing there. I guess he kept coming in or going out. Yes, the man standing but behind the screen. Who is this man standing behind the screen? I think it was to block the bad weather because I think it was an exit door. I don't remember that position of the beam because the, at least in the camera angle, all you got was filtered light coming in from the doors. It was a wall of doors and the cinder block wall. But more than that, I think it was an exit door for the arena. So while they're performing, maybe the man was just guarding, make sure no one came and went. They could improve that position. I don't yeah. know why in that big, big, huge arena, they couldn't find a better position for it, but they did. Yeah, they need to reposition that balance beam. Thank you so much for joining me and being my guest this week. This is the moment that I would normally throw it to you to let people know how people can reach you. If they share your thoughts about Elisa Sharameda and her gorgeous extension, but as you've taken a, a vacation from all social media, I'm not sure people can reach out to you. A vacation? I'm not sure I was ever a part of it, but I appreciate that. I love coming in as a, an anonymous voice and friend of yours to speak on gymnastics. I love it. If anyone has a message for Eric, you can email the show and we'll make sure he gets the message. <laughs> I love it that way. You can reach me on Twitter at KentyMac or email at KentyMac at gmail.com. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Stay safe and enjoy gymnastics. Double back with Kenty Mac.